We know that poor nutrition is associated with inflammation and oxidative stress, which can really affect your immune system. So an anti-inflammatory diet is a good way to really just start to build that immune strength back. We need our frontline healthcare workers, get your energy going. So when you're here, you're ready and you're prepared to be able to provide that exceptional care that we need. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente, Northern California. I'm your host, Carrie Owen Fleets. Today, we'll explore the vital role nutrition plays in caring for patients and each other. We've got a wonderful expert with us today, our resident expert dietitian, Patricia Caba. Our conversation will focus on understanding the role nutrition plays, not only with our patients' road to recovery, but to everyone's daily well-being. What you eat and drink can have a profound impact on your energy levels, your brain power, and your mood. And my son is the perfect example. He doesn't get hungry, he gets hangry. (laughs) So let's get some tips and tricks on how nutrition can really enhance your well-being. Let's welcome Patricia Caba, known as PK, to friends and colleagues, who is our Director of Food and Clinical Nutrition Services at the San Jose Medical Center and a distinguished honoree in the 2023 Friends of Nursing. So Friends of Nursing recognizes direct care partners and interprofessional colleagues who work alongside our nurses as part of the annual Extraordinary Nurse Awards program. We happen to be celebrating this May. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, PK. Thank you, Carrie. I'm so excited to be here today. It's great to have you with us. So let's start things off. Could you share the role that nutritional services plays in our medical center and how they contribute to our patients' recovery journeys? So in nutrition services, we use food as medicine to improve optimal long-term total health and wellness for every patient. And we do so by providing thoughtful individualized nutrition treatment plans that are affordable, that are socially responsible, and they're tailored to each patient's medical needs. Mm. Our registered dietitians provide medical nutrition therapy by incorporating evidence-based intervention. They also collaborate with physicians and other multidisciplinary team members to translate therapy into meals. So... Amazing, PK. The team does such a phenomenal job. And you said something that I think is so incredibly important that I'm not sure everybody really thinks about is food as medicine. And I just love that phrase that what we put into our bodies is just as impactful as the medicine that we take in some cases. So as we think about the incredible challenges our frontline caregivers have faced over the past three years during the COVID-19 pandemic, what nutritional tips can you share to help us to recover and stay strong and healthy for the long term? That's a great question, Carrie. And even before I give you the tips, may I just share? So in a study of healthcare workers, 51% of respondents reported pandemic-related changes in their meal consistency, routine at work and at home, meal alterations such as delay, skipping meals, and even eating a lot of snacks. 50%, that's huge. 
Yeah. So and I also want to share that there have been numerous studies from around the world looking at weight gain risk factors during the pandemic self-quarantine. Mm. So some of these risk factors have been decreased in physical activity, increased consumption of processed foods, increased in snacking, mostly after meals, increased consumption in alcohol, decreased fluid intake, and most importantly, emotional eating. There's also been shown to have decrease in sleep quality. Mm. So here are my tips. My first recommendation will be going back to eating a well-balanced meal that contains different food groups, vegetables, fruits, starchy foods, dairy, protein, and fats. So we know that poor nutrition is associated with inflammation and oxidative stress, which can really affect your immune system. So an anti-inflammatory diet is also a good way to really just start to build that immune strength back. How do you eat an anti-inflammatory diet? Tell me a little bit more about an anti-inflammatory diet. So it's just focus on really making sure that you have all of the micro and all the macronutrients, everything that you need to be able to protect yourself against all those inflammation and oxidative stress. For example, Lots of fruits and vegetables, just a wide variety of them. Whole grains like whole wheat breads, like some oats, some barley, some rice, some corn. And we want to also include some plant-based protein sources like legumes, like lentils, like peas, like specifically kidney beans, pinto beans, black beans. Mm. Omega-3 food sources of proteins like wild salmon, like tuna, chia, edamame, avocados. And then the way I put it to be simple is in a rainbow of colors. So the rainbow of colors just mean the red, for example, will have lycopenes like tomatoes and pink grapefruits, like guavas, like watermelon. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. I love this. You know, what about taking supplements? Because you've mentioned antioxidants and the power of antioxidants. What do you say about supplements like vitamins and things like that? So as a dietitian, I go for food first, right? Mm-hmm. So I always tell patients, I said, there's a reason why an orange is an orange. You have some fluid that you're going to get from it. You have some fiber that you're going to get from it. And the way it was built, the absorption of all of the good nutrient that you get out of a whole food is way better than you just taking a vitamin pill. I love this. I'm learning so much. So Let's break things down into maybe simple daily steps for people. So what is the first thing you do when you wake up? So when you wake up in the morning, my very first recommendation will be obviously to eat a very good breakfast so you can get that jumpstart to your metabolism because it just really helps to replenish your supply of glucose to be able to boost up your energy level and alertness. So we need a frontline healthcare workers, get your energy going. So when you're here, you're ready and you're prepared to be able to provide that exceptional care that we need. Gotcha. Because that's where the energy comes from. So you're talking about having a nutritionally dense breakfast. What about if you're on the run and you're going pretty fast and you don't have a lot of time to make anything? Do you have a suggestion? Overnight oats, because you can make it overnight, right? And just store it. And then if you're on the run, you grab it and you go. And I recommend a lot to my patients is I prepare myself an oatmeal like that will last you for a couple of days. And then you cool it down, you leave it in the refrigerator. So when you get up in the morning, you scoop it, put it in a bowl and it's easy for you to just grab and go. 
Okay, so now we cover breakfast. What about lunch? What should we focus on? So lunchtime, I would recommend that you bring your own lunch from home, right? And you do so by making sure that you have everything that you need in your pantry and your refrigerator. That way you prep the night before. Mm -hmm. And then you can put it in your to-go box, put it in your bag and put that back in the fridge. So when you get up in the morning, you just grab and you go. And that way when you come during your lunchtime, you have a very healthy meal that you're going to eat. You're so right about that because when you're in a rush and you don't have that lunch ready to go, you're going to grab what's easy and convenient and that's not always the healthiest option. Right. That's such great suggestions. Okay, so now we're moving on from lunch. It's around that three to four o'clock zone. You're dragging and you need a little bit of boost. What are some quick and easy snack ideas to keep us going? A nice plain Greek yogurt. Oh, nice. Yes, Greek yogurt, they'll have everything that you need. Very high protein. They have the carbohydrate. It really fills you up. You can also, if you're not a yogurt fan, you know, you have a piece of fruit, any fruit of your choice. You can have carrots or cucumber with or without a tablespoon of hummus dip, maybe like a quarter cup of nuts or seeds. Maybe a half sandwich. Are you a fan of granola bars? Do you support them? That seems like they've got everything under the sun. That's an (laughs) option for granola bars. You know, some are good. Some are not so great. Mm. So I tend not to really snack on granola bars a lot. They can really be packed full of calories. And you want to just make sure that you're not filling your stomach with a lot of calories. Not that they're all unhealthy, but I always go with something that will nourish you and give you that vitamins and that minerals that your body needs. Yeah, going back to that food is medicine. All right, so be careful about those granola bars. Yeah. Okay, so now we're home and we need to make dinner. What do you do? We're hoping that when you're home, your pantry is well-stocked and your refrigerator is well-stocked and that you're enlisting the help of your family members. And then you want to make sure that you plan ahead, right? It's always good to know throughout the week what you're going to eat, what you're going to prepare for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So when you get home, I would strongly recommend quick 30 to 45 minutes meals Mm -hmm. that you can make. And may I also share that there are tons of healthy recipes, that wonderful organization put out. I look at KP Go all the time and there are really some fabulous recipes that you can utilize. You can go to eatright.org. You can look at the CDC. You can look at a lot of resources from Kaiser on like quick 30 minutes meals that you can make and they're very, very healthy. That's fantastic. So we'll go ahead and put some in the show notes just to make it easy for people. Thank you. So I love this idea of pre-planning for the week. So you're not trying to tackle what are we having for dinner when you're already exhausted and it's a Tuesday and you open the fridge and nothing looks appetizing. That's right. All right. So here's the other challenge as the day winds down, many of us struggle with late night snacking. Could you share some strategies to help curb those cravings and suggest maybe some healthier snack alternatives for those who maybe still need a little bit something to munch on in the evening? That's a very good question. You're hungry and you just want a quick snack. I like popcorn, you know, like pop my own popcorn at home. Three cups of popcorn can really fill you up, give you some fiber and a very low calorie. 
I'm assuming we have to go a little low on the butter and salt, or can I put as much Absolutely. Absolutely. Go low on the butter and the salt. PK, you're killing me. I love (laughs) salty butter. This is bad. (laughs) I know. Some fresh fruit again, some vegetables are a good snack, some yogurt, maybe just a glass of milk. Okay. And then if you're a diabetic, for example, and you just want a snack, that you want to be mindful of what kind of snacks that you're getting, right? I would just go with maybe combining half a sandwich, maybe some sugar-free yogurt would be a good option as well. So what I'm hearing you say is don't go to bed hungry. Don't go to bed hungry and try to make sure that you eat a well-balanced meal for dinner to avoid eating a lot of snacks. PK, it's been just incredibly helpful to hear you guide us through the day. It's been incredibly helpful for me. So thank you so much. Before we end today's conversation, can you share with us a story from working with a patient where this kind of nutritional guidance really made the difference for that person? You know, what comes to mind is a 30-year-old woman that was newly diagnosed with diabetes in the hospital Mm. just this past week. Oh, wow. And they were feeling overwhelmed with just the diagnosis itself. No 30-year-old wants to hear that you have diabetes. And so they were worried about, are they gonna be able to manage all of what was coming to them in terms of you have to take insulin and you have to test your blood sugar and then you have to take medication. And by the way, we're getting a dietitian to give you a diet. With all of this, the patient was like, I like to go out with my friends. And now it feels like I can't eat anything. I'm really overwhelmed and worried, what should I do? And so just to kind of calm her down and reassure her and give her that practical lifestyle guidance on simple plan and some resources that we provided to her just to ease all of her fears. Really just closing the gap and just saying, listen, we're here for you. Here's my business card. You can call me anytime. You have all these resources on KP website that you can also utilize to help you. You know, you got to listen to the patient understand their needs as far as nutrition is concerned and then taking that and translating that into food she really felt at the end of that education like oh i can do this and i really felt good that she left the hospital feeling really like i can do this so to me that was a win you just highlighted the power of every moment listening to our patients and letting them know we got you. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being there. And thank you to all of our dietitians across all of Northern California and all of our food nutrition teams who do yeoman's work every single day, who are just absolutely phenomenal and provide our patients with food as medicine every day. PK, before I let you leave, I end each podcast episode asking the same question of all of our guests. What one piece of advice would you give our team to heal and to rebound from the past three plus years of the pandemic? Yeah, great question. I mean, they went through a lot and a lot of them were working really long hours, you know, forgetting to eat or eating on the run. And so it's really time to reprioritize your health. Mm -hmm. by nourishing yourself with good nutrition. So resetting some lifestyle goal by seeking help from our subject matter experts who are registered dietitians, utilizing the resources available on our Health Connect, on our Live Well, Be Well, 
or from eatright.org for some healthy recipes and just replanning and make sure that we get all of the vital minerals and nutrients, all the macro and micronutrients that you need to be able to heal. PK, I love this. You're essentially saying we got you to the entire team. Yes. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. You've just been absolutely phenomenal. And I'm so privileged to have you at Kaiser Permanente. It's been a really great honor, Carrie, And I thank you for letting me share. We definitely care so much about our team. And yes, food is medicine. And let's just be there for them. I know that I'm here for them. So come down to my office, ask me any question about nutrition because we're in it together. I love it. Thank you so much. The days are getting warmer and spring produce is beginning to appear on the shelves of our favorite grocers. Remember to shop for fresh local produce at your Kaiser Permanente Medical Center farmer's markets. The farmer's markets not only provide you with a reason to enjoy a break from your workday, but to also help ensure you're benefiting from the abundance of the season. Check the show notes for a full list of Northern California locations. As always, I invite you to share what's on your mind. Ask a question or suggest a topic or guest. Send it to livewellandthrive at kp.org. And whether you're listening on your commute or during a down moment, keep those comments coming. And of course, I'd like to thank you, our listener, for tuning in to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente. I'm Carrie Owen Fleets, and we'll see you next time. 